Welcome everyone to the Reflex Blue Show. I'm your host Donovan Beery, recording here from Omaha, Nebraska. And I have with me on the other line, Valerie Aurelio from Landor, and you're in the Chicago office, is that correct? Well, I guess I guess there is no office right now, right? I mean, nobody has an office. Exactly. I'm in my office just west of Chicago, but normally pre-COVID days, I was downtown Chicago in the West Loop. And we're actually, we want to talk on this show, Landor is working on it. Oh, Hannah, you're joining us? No, you're fine. My apologies. Hannah, Hannah, this is Valerie. Hi, Valerie. Nice to meet you. All right. We, we, we cut out odd pauses and stuff, so it'll be fine. Okay. Or I may just leave this in because sometimes it's entertaining to myself. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Well, first off, I have to also thank Hannah Zimmerman for being with us these last few weeks and lining up a lot of our guests that we've had on, had on the show since we've been back. Hannah is actually graduating here in the spring. We'll then enter the field of graphic design. Yeah, I got to work. Join the workforce finally. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone talks about. <laughs> and and there used to be, we were just talking, there used to be a workforce in offices and stuff, and now there isn't. So it, it may be the same. You may actually be working, but you're like, this feels exactly like school. Like at least when I graduated, I'd like move and there was like a new office and you meet people, but you may be just looking at the same computer screen, doing the same work and just not even knowing it. Right. Cause right now I'm, especially since we're all home and doing everything remotely, I just kind of, I'm in the same room all day. So it's just kind of weird how in school I'm in front of my computer doing my schoolwork. And then for this internship, I'm doing the same. And probably when I go to maybe work, I'll be doing the same thing until I'm eventually able to, you know, make enough, enough money doing a big girl job to move out and get myself an office or a cubicle, who knows. It's true. We, I'm seeing that. I have a lot of new talent on my team. And as designers are coming in, no matter what the discipline, they're experiencing this coming of age into the industry in such a different way. And I feel like you guys are getting hit with the long hours and the working because everybody's trying to keep afloat in COVID and you're missing the studio nights and the amazing mentorship and the free pizza and all that comes with working late and working hard early in your career. So stick with it, get through this time. The studio, hopefully in some form, will come back. <laughs> right, I'm hoping. But this internship has been really, I didn't have, I didn't really have any expectations coming into it because I wasn't sure how it was going to go, but it's been pretty great. I've gotten to hear a lot of stories from Donovan and I've just, I've been overwhelmed with like how good it's been, for, especially it being remote because you're just like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I've been really pleased with how it's turned out. Yeah, and usually we we introduce our interns to people around the area and stuff like that. And, and in this case, I guess we're just introducing them via Zoom. So yeah. so Kelly, this is Hannah. Hannah, this is oh sorry, Kelly. Kelly's the PR lady that's also on here. Okay. <laughs> this Hi, is Valerie. And I popped on, and I was like, I didn't know who I was walking into. I was like, oh no. I was like, did I jump into a meeting? And I was like, I freaked out and I left. I was like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. Hannah, this is Valerie. Valerie, this is Hannah. Hi, Valerie. Now, Valerie, how big is the Landor team that's in Chicago? Because Landor is huge. Like, like it's like, I mean, we're t- my company, 1119, it's me. There's one other designer that's part-time. Hannah's here for like three weeks. And then, you know, we have a business partner that's never really in the office. Well, Landor is big, but we actually just got bigger. In 2021 in the market, we are now officially Landor and Fitch, which so Fitch and Landor have come together. We're officially now merged. And that makes us actually the biggest branding consultancy and design firm in the world. So we do have around 1,100 people internationally, globally, 
And we're actually really excited about it because I thought it was amazing and exciting to work at Landor. And now I work at Landor and Fitch and it's over, you know, it's doubled the size of the creative talent pool that we're working with, the type of talent we have, all of the Landor branding that you know and love, and then Fitch and experience and digital and retail all coming into it. So it got bigger and it got a lot more exciting recently. Sitting in Chicago, we're about, we still feel like a small firm, which is exciting and fun. And we're about 25 people in Chicago. So basically we're, we're telling you, Hannah, that this is, this is the, the exact, these are the extremes that, that can happen in, in the agency business. One person, 25 people, 1100 people. Exactly. <laughs> well, this does bring us to the fact of, of, of Valerie, of why we wanted to talk to you today is you guys are working on this thing called America 250. Yes. And it makes sense that when you're branding America's 250th anniversary, you need, this is a big project. Like this is one of those things where you're like, why would it, why would any company ever need this many creatives? And I think this is one of those projects where you would call a company that was that large. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I think that the call came down even from WPP. So our holding company, WPP, makes us massive. And I think the original relationships that sparked this partnership were with WPP players that trickled down to Landor, now Landor and Fitch, and which then trickled down to me in the Chicago studio, got a phone call from my boss that said, hey, we've, we've agreed to do a brand identity for the America 250 initiative we need to be in Washington in two weeks. Let's get it together. Can you get an identity in front of them? Get it ready to take to Washington to the commission in two weeks. So no matter how big it gets, Donovan, it's still that crazy creative world <laughs> where we're working against deadlines and you know scrapping together our best minds to create something magical. No matter how big the team, that creative process is always the same and that energy and that adrenaline that goes with it. But it was an exciting phone call to get and the way that we approached it as a Chicago studio was, of course, to call San Francisco, New York, Cincinnati, so that as an America's team, we could all work on that first creative round together to make sure that we were sort of coast to coast representing the states and representing the thinking for Landor across the U.S. I'm okay in math, and I'm here in America 250, and based on quick math, I'm seeing that's like 2026. So right. why is anything got to be done in two weeks? Like, and this is in the past. I mean, the thing's not even going to be viewable for like five years. You shouldn't even start this for like four and a half. Well, I mean, it's a great, it's a great comment. I think five, now we are at the five-year mark and five years sounds like an incredibly long time. Yeah. When, like, when did you start? We say it's the five-year mark, but when, when oh, was this actually, um, when did it actually begin? We've been involved as a branding agency for a year and a half. And the America 250 journey started many years ago. And in fact, in 2016, that's when President Obama at the time signed it into legislation. And that's when the commissions were set up. America 250 as a name was established, I think about two and a half years ago. There have been many people behind the scenes working on creating this initiative already. We got involved about a year and a half ago created the brand identity and have been partners ever since and hope to be partners for the next five years as well. To us, five years seems now like not nearly enough time to do what we need to do <laughs> to be ready for 2026. Because the last time this really took off would have probably been 177 or sorry, 
1976. And, and I was, obviously I was like two years old or something. And so I don't remember it, but I do remember even, even being like, even a teenager, there's still lots of references to 1976. You would still, the 1976 quarters still like appeared every now and then you see them, but like you would see them 20 years later, pretty frequently. There's a lot of items that I assume are going to be created for this, both by your firm and by other places around. Yeah, I think you've hit on exactly why working at this scale maybe requires a firm and an agency that understands how to work at this scale, because we really are creating the tools and the brand assets that so many people and organizations across the country will be using. So we're actually trying to create the structure of the brand identity that then all across the nation at state levels, city levels, local levels, corporate in corporate spaces, in non-commercial spaces, not-for-profit spaces, all of these people will be activating America 250 as a brand. And so what we needed to do was think about it as a brand identity that was not just a logo, that's a huge part of it, but we created something that we believe is a storytelling platform. So it's a flexible system that can you know, flex from being incredibly somber and full of gravitas, something that you might put on a flag at a war memorial, all the way down to a Georgia Pacific might put it on their Dixie plates and their paper plates at a picnic. So to create something that can stretch and scale that way, as well as stretching and scaling from a perspective of needing to unite people, but also help tell every single individual story that needs to be told when we're talking about our nation's birthday, you know, the birthday of democracy. And so the scale that you have to think on to create the structure for an entire nation to create and build a brand together is incredible. And where do people go? Now I've seen, I got, I was, you know, they shot me over a couple of JPEGs of the work so far. And I'm assuming that some of this might tweak a little bit when actual, like actual photos place, stuff like that. It looks both new and old at the same time. You can tell that there was a lot of thought that it, it doesn't, there, it doesn't come across as just one area of the United States, which I think works well, but where do people, is there any place right now people can go to see this or is this something that, that they'll just start seeing on their own? It's coming. First of all, you made my day, Donovan, by saying it looks both old and new at the same time. <laughs> Thank you for that. That was very intentional. The, the juxtaposition of modern and historic, I think, was actually the tipping point for the commission to choose this particular identity because it could stretch both ways. But soon, 2021 is going to be a big launch year for the brand as a whole. So there will be a national launch. It's coming sort of Memorial Day to Labor Day this year should be a big 110-day period of awareness building for the nation. So a more visible launch is coming this year. Well, we're going to be right back with uh, Valerie Aurelio. Branding is such a big task, and that creative process is, you know, big. How has it really, has it evolved a lot from starting? What were, like, kind of the ideas that, you guys had but didn't work out and how many of those were and like how big is that trial and error and how do you like target that how do you look at it and see what is working and what isn't especially when they told you how to get it done in two weeks in such a short time span when the project is over five years long how do you how do you work through ideas 
We started with, first of all, we called it the brief of a lifetime. So we started in a place where it was a passion project and a mission project for the studio and for the studios across the states for us. We started like anyone, any creative director would start a project. We gave the briefing. We talked about what the mission was. America 250 has a very clear purpose that we're basing everything that we've designed on. You can find that on their website very clearly. What is their website, by the way? It's America, uh, I believe it's America250.gov. Now you've tricked me up. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. (laughs) You might want to edit that if it's not right, because my America 250 clients will kill me. All right. We'll look this up real quick. I'll make sure. (laughs) It might have been org. I think I was looking at it yesterday. Org. There was a a kerfuffle about whether it was going to be org or gov. There is a, there is some, okay. I type in .gov, it goes to .org. Okay. So they, they covered it. They got gotcha. you. So America250.org, .gov, whatever, but not .org, .gov. That would be, that wouldn't get you anywhere. That wouldn't work. <laughs> Very clear purpose. Founded in our nationals and our nation's founding principles. We exist to inspire the American spirit in every American and all Americans as we journey towards a more perfect union. And so again, brief of a lifetime. And what we did was we briefed this in. And then as you can imagine, Hannah, we explored every iteration of Americana, of American symbols, stars and stripes, no shortage of eagles, olive branches, torches, you know, Lady Liberties, everything that you could imagine. Our designers were sketching, ideating, what feels new, what feels old. A lot of combinations started to feel very military. And we wanted to make sure we weren't accidentally referencing a branch of the military because they will all do their thing underneath this umbrella of America 250. We wanted to be very non-political. It was very important that this is a bipartisan, actually non-partisan initiative. So we needed visually to not reference or feel like it was a campaign type of a thing. And again, once you get into red, white, and blue and all those sort of symbols, it's easy to also go into that political space. When we looked at historic things, it was easy to start to feel old or dated as well. And we wanted to make sure we were modern and fresh. Um, So many, many, many sketches and, and then a lot of crits. And then as we started to combine and start to work it down, you have to start to think not, not just about the execution, but is there an idea there? We sort of had three spaces that were different approaches to the to the challenge. One space ended up being very casual. It was an informal, very accessible, sort of hand-done look that was maybe surprising, like very accessible for the American people. So we had this sort of friendly, and I think we had three identities in there that were rising to the top. Then we had that one that was very bold and modern. And then we had one that was this sort of historic modern juxtaposition. And then we had a few identities in those spaces. When we took them to Washington and presented them to the executive committee of the commission, which was a smaller group, that's how we presented it. We said, here are different ways to approach this challenge. We had really good discussion and we narrowed to three spaces. We took another few weeks to listen to the feedback, hear it, refine the work. And then that small committee chose one and then we did a little bit more work. And then uh, we took that identity to the commission meeting in Washington and presented it to, it was 
senators, it was the director of the Smithsonian, it was the Department of Education head. It was a very impressive group of people that looked at this and we got an approval in that meeting to move forward. The design itself, looking at it, reminds me a lot of the $100 bill, that imprint on it, which I think is really cool, how it's just shiny. It just looks, it could be very holographic if you did it like that. And then some other things that you are kind of head on was talking about like motion graphics and stuff like that. What other aspects, because you're talking about how like it needs to be super small and super big. What are some of those other aspects of, or pieces that are going to be part of this branding that maybe people aren't aware of? Well, Hannah, you picked up on a really important part of the inspiration of the mark. That engraving quality to the 250 is very much inspired by anti-counterfeit approaches or the science of designing currency, passports, things like that. And we were very inspired by that aesthetic and that technology, really, because we feel like the American spirit can't be replicated. So we liked the design itself actually being difficult to replicate. And it was a piece of brand value that we built into it as well, because it's just a little harder to replicate, um, which also helps, you know, the U.S. protect the mark itself. And so that piece we're so inspired by. And when we start to think about motion and we haven't done it yet, (laughs) and I'm really excited to do it. And as more funding becomes available and we, you know, lean in this year again to create more assets and pieces, that motion, I hope, will be very inspired in some ways by the engraving, the knitting together of things, like layered storytelling is what we want to do. And then that America typography that was carefully crafted that sits on top, those letter forms stand together in a very collected way, the way the serifs sort of cut into each other. It has a fierceness to it and the sharpness of the serifs. And that really represents the fierceness of the American spirit that is stamped on top of 250 years of very dynamic, at times very imperfect, at times incredible history, um, and hopefully represents the next 250 years as well. And it's layered because also you see, I don't know how much of the imagery you've seen, but as we start to create compositions and stories, we're layering imagery in between the 250 and the America as well, because the whole thing is meant to be seen in many, many different ways with many different impressions um, and many stories built out of those assets. It is a very, our nation's a very complicated and intricate thing. So I think it's really interesting to visually try to represent that. And even reading, because I was reading an article on Graphic Design USA, they were talking a little bit about this kind of project here and how it was talking about how it is very diverse and how we showcase that in a very elegant and using all of the like facets I think is the word they use for representing it in a very kind of true and pure way that is like we are as one rather than trying to not have those like sides which I think is really cool and has done well especially because you have what four more years so what else needs to be done (laughs) well so much needs to be done but I think We look at it in two ways. One, we have so much more to build. So we do have motion. We have a whole motion language to build. We have sound to build. I would love for the America 250 initiative to have a sound. If you think about watching NBC and the Olympics and you can hear the Olympic song come on, you know that, you know it's the Olympics. So there's these recognizable assets that we want to build that we hope that everyone in the nation will recognize. But also, 
I think the joy of this project is how many iterations or creative impressions can be built around music, around sound, around visuals, around motion, that will be other artists interpreting it, that will be other perspectives interpreting it. So our hope and, and sort of the great experiment here is have we created a brand that basically everyone in the nation can get their hands on and make their own at different layers. So I would love for architects and designers and fashion designers and musicians and painters all to get their hands on the the impression of America 250, but actually create and make it their own as well. Right. On something like this, because it's, it's, there's technically it's government involved, is this kind of public domain in a way when it's done? Like, will other people be able to take this and sell merchandise? Or is this like its own thing? Like, I'm not sure how, you know, I mean, and, and is that something you have to take into consideration when you're designing these elements? We do. I mean, I'm talking about artistic and in, in, interpretations of it, but it will be a closely guarded, closely protected (laughs) piece of asset for our brand asset for the U.S. government. So the commission has an arm called the America 250 Foundation, and they run um, the program and run the commercial and non-commercial aspects of it. They're working with the Department of Justice. So it will be a protected asset, and it will either be gifted to non- government organizations, or it will also be, you know, exclusive assets for large partners that might come in as well on the commercial side. So, so talk to your lawyer before using anything. (laughs) You might want to talk to your lawyer. (laughs) All right. We're going to be right back with Valerie Aurelio. Valerie, I know you did like a lot of the visual work on this and, and still are and, and obviously other people may or may not get brought in. I mean, we're talking five years from now, but is, is that, and, and you're starting to talk about motion. Is there other aspects of this that we kind of skipped over? This brand was built as much verbally as it was visually. So we really believe strongly at Landor and Fitch that those things happen together. And when they inform each other, you actually build a much more holistic, um, exciting brand. So the tone of voice for America 250 is very authentic. It has a little bit of pride to it, but also has a little bit of rebellion built into it. So there's this revolutionary grit that is so much a part of our history and so much a part of who Americans are today and and the American spirit that we wanted to build that into the brand. And it's also from a tone of voice standpoint, built on juxtapositions. So you might have a very historic looking visual And if we layer a very modern quote on top of it from a thought leader or somebody influential in culture, all of a sudden you've created a juxtaposition that allows people to reconsider America, reconsider our founding principles, reconsider who we are and take a second look and maybe learn a little more, educate themselves or engage a little differently. So when you look at the work, make sure you're reading the work as well, because the tone of voice has this incredible sort of revolutionary tone to it. And also so much of the words we're using are actually words from our past and words from leaders today. Uh, It's not America 250's job to create history. It's our job to present it, help people reflect on it, and then help people look forward to what the future might be. So sometimes the most powerful pieces that we put together are just a stage or a platform for the incredible brains and minds that have worked together to make America what it is. 
throughout our history. And there is there is a uniqueness here because you you do have like I'm looking there's the the pictures we've seen you have pictures of U.S. presidents and you have other imagery that that's of America and so to keep this nonpartisan had to had to have been hard but also to think that this isn't even going to come out for another five years or I mean obviously it's starting to come out now we we all know how much things can change in let's say I don't know the last four years or whatever with language and with thoughts and imagery like is that also a thing like who knows there may be complete trends by the time this starts to hit that you're not even thinking about maybe that's why the the 200th anniversary they just kept with let's just do 1776 imagery the whole way through lots and that seems like that's all i remember about it well and that was a very different time in branding because i think it was it was sort of pre the visual revolution and pre pre the digital branding revolution. And so the consistency and discipline that went into the bicentennial mark, it was very consistent. It was very graphic design related. And now 50 years later, just the branding ecosystem, omni-channel space that we're working in gives us the freedom to have a lot more storytelling and flexibility in the mark um, and the way that it's presented. And that will be key because we actually hope that this is a journey to 2026. So you're saying it won't come out for another five years, but we do hope to launch it and try to get anticipation going, have people think about, wow, you know what? There's five more years of history to write before we turn 250. So what am I going to do in the next five years? So we're hoping to be able to drive awareness and then go to full participation by 2026. So that's one of the reasons why we wanted so much flexibility built into the mark, because like you said, Donovan, we don't even know what the trends, we don't know what the new technology will be by 2026. And I know that, and and actually my hope and dream is that this identity evolves with the country for the next five years. Yeah. And you don't even know what social media channels people will be on by then. Exactly. I don't know what they're going to be on in six months. There's so many platforms. <laughs> exactly. So many platforms. But there's a few things that we hope to drive that will sort of be pr- imprinted on people's hearts and minds by the end of this. So that looking back at the bicentennial, people know the things that they remember. We want people, especially think about a kid who's maybe going to be 10 or 12 during the semi-quincentennial, which is our 250th when we have our 300th, they'll remember that. And what will they look back on and what will be imprinted about this experience? And I hope that it will be some of these visuals. It will be the phrase, this is our semi-quin, which is another part of the tone of voice where we took semi-quin centennial and made it much more approachable and something maybe that the American people can own. So if this is your semi-quin, you know, that's been a challenge too. Like what will those kids remember? So it's very at one point looking back as well as looking forward through this whole challenge. They won't do another one of these probably until the 300 is my guess. They don't do like a, because they didn't do like a 225. Yeah, I would say 250. Well, they could do a 275. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really do a 225, I don't think. Or if they did, I kind of forgot about it. I don't think it's not as exciting. (laughs) (laughs) All, and you talk about coins as well. In fact, I think if you go on their Twitter feed, they just announced that legislation has been passed for America 250 coins for the semi-quincentennial. So all of that work, to your point, at scale is underway to be ready in time. Well, one of the things COVID taught me is we can't keep coins in stock. 
wasn't there a big shortage? So my guess is in five years, they ain't going to make coins. So you can just, you can just like forget the mock-ups of those, just throw them out. They're worthless. <laughs> um, it'll be digital currency, but, but they don't really have a graphic. Eh, maybe, maybe you can get a graphic on the digital currency with whatever, whatever comes out. Well, Donovan, I will send you a t-shirt. How about that? <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I will probably still be wearing those. Yeah. <laughs> well, Valerie, one last question. What, what kind of tips do you have for, for Hannah here who's graduating with what she needs to do? I mean, what for the incoming designers? Well, my tip is to, you know, don't, don't let COVID deflate you too much. I think there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you can get into a studio, even if it's remote, do it. And then by the time things loosen up, you'll be able to, you know, work and collaborate with those people. But I think my tip would be be part of the change because it's going to be different no matter what. It's never going to go back to how it was before in a beginning studio or in a um, in a design firm. So it's we all know it's going to be different. We don't quite know how yet. And so coming in and being new talent in the industry, help make it different. Pick the parts that you love and help us see why it's good with remote working, collaboration, no borders, you know, from where you're living. All of those things are interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then hopefully we will get back to the human collaboration, you know, having chills in the room, knowing you have a good idea and working it together. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll continue to evolve. I mean, we did it this one year. We'll continue. Got a lot to do, but I think, exactly. yeah. And help, help whoever, whoever's lucky enough to hire you, help them figure out how to make it work remotely for you as well. Like we don't quite know what you guys need yet. So let us know. <laughs> well, I'll try to make a list because I forget sometimes. There's just so much. But yeah, thank you. I'll I'll keep that in mind. I think the biggest thing I need is for people to remind me every morning, whether it's Saturday or Monday or Thursday or whatever. Which like I- there's there's something where, you know, we weekends are always the thing where you kind of refresh or you 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 know, you feel better about take some time off. And when you, when you just work at home, it's a little weird. It's not quite the same. I agree. I agree. I can't work without collaboration. I, the Chicago studio has a, is just so collaborative. And I think that's one of the things that has helped us stay together as we've gone remote into COVID is the fact that we were so collaborative to begin with. So we've been able to take it on to, you know, we use teams and we use Miro boards and all of that. But that collaboration, I don't even know how to think by myself anymore. So I have to remind myself, always be on camera, um, because if you dress up and show up, then you're going to work better. Because otherwise, if I wasn't on video, I don't, like, I would just be a puddle on the floor. I don't know what <laughs> <laughs> structure for creative is very difficult. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well, thank you, Valerie. And we look forward to seeing all this stuff over the next few years and hopefully we'll be in touch. Well, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And keep your eyes out for America 250. The Reflex Blue Show with Donovan Murray is hosted at 36point.com. Music by Dust Lab.